Now look at that person beside you and around you and say, man, I wouldn't miss this for nothing. Wow. Wow. So, just so that before I forget to make any announcements or anything, uh, we will be having the early Easter service in Vanderpool at the Tabernacle at uh, 7 o'clock. So the people will be gathering then, you know, and then it's going to go on. And I'm believing God for every church full. Amen. I don't care if they come here. Go to go to every church. Just get full. Amen. That this Easter would be a different Easter than we've ever had before. Praise God. Wow. We'll get your Bibles up. And go, if you would, to Matthew chapter 9. <clears throat> Are you going to sing that song Sunday? Gave me chills. Have y'all done on the plan this week? I didn't even tell y'all Sunday what the plan was. I hope y'all found the plan. Y'all find the plan? Praise God. Mark 11. It's a lot of good stuff. Wasn't it Mark 11? Y'all are looking. Some people are looking confused. Mark 11. I got some nods. I got some heads. I got some puzzled looks. The triumphant entry of Jesus, Mark 11. If you didn't have Mark 11, if you read Matthew 11, then read Mark 11 from now till. So, Mark 11. But I want to share Matthew chapter 9 tonight. I want to show you something here. The uh, verse 1. So he got into a boat and he crossed over and came to the other, his own city. Then behold, they brought to him a, a paralytic lying in a bed. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, be of good cheer, your sins are forgiven you. And at once some of the scribes said within themselves, This man blasphemes. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why do you think evil in your hearts? Which is easier to say your sins are forgiven you or to say arise and walk? But you, that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. Then he said to the paralytic, Arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. And as he arose, he departed to his house. So, you know, I don't try to read anything into the Scriptures. I just want to read the Scriptures and let the Holy Ghost illuminate it. But do you see what I'm seeing here? That Jesus says to this man, this man's sick. And he does not address his sickness. He looks at him and says, your sins are forgiven. And then he, then he looks and he knows the thoughts and the hearts of the people. And he says, you know, he knows their thoughts are evil. And he says, where are your thoughts evil? And he says, which is easier to say? I looked this up. It's not a mistranslation. There's no way around it. Jesus said, which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven or, or be healed. Do you hear what I'm saying? How crazy that sounds. Jesus said, which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven or to be healed. In other words, to him it made no difference. It's like, you know, I don't know. He, he's... I mean, there's no way around it. I keep, trying to, I keep trying to work my way around this thing, thinking, well, he must have meant, you know, this, or he must have meant that. But I've read it, and I've read it, and I've looked at it, and I've prayed over it, and it's gone over and over and over. But he just said, well, he's just, it's a nonchalant statement. He says, well, what you see here? Say your sins are forgiven or be healed. So in the mind of Christ, it was all the same. In his mind, it was all the same. It was all in the redemptive package it was all 100%. It was all the same. We don't understand that. We don't see it like that. We see the forgiveness of sins in one light, and we see physical healing in another light. 
And I don't matter, I don't make any difference to me how you, say, you can say, oh, no, well, I've got this all, I understand. No, you don't. Because the church for the past 2,000 years has, has, has done something that's got Christians messed up in their head and their thinking. In Jesus' mind, it was no difference. The forgiveness of sin and the healing, it's all in the redemptive package, and so it, was no, it doesn't make any difference. It's like saying, do you want me to put gas in your tank or do you want me to fill your tank? It doesn't make any difference. It's all going to get full. Right? And that, that boggles my mind because we don't think about it like that. We take the forgiveness of sins. We're going to have this Easter, this, this Sunday morning, we'll be having communion. And there's not any of us will stand here and say when people come to the front and, and repent of their sins that Jesus is not there to forgive them of their sins. There's not a one of us. But in that day, healing was something that they all just, they didn't even complain about healing, but they were complaining about the forgiveness of sins because they said only God can forgive sin. So they had an issue with exactly the opposite of our issue. Now, as I said, I don't understand everything, but I want to. And I want to give you some scriptures here, and I want to give you some things I want to pull out of the scriptures that we're going to look at, and I highly suggest you write, just jot the scriptures down and take them and go home, and you yourself begin to chew on them, you begin to turn them around, you begin to meditate them, you begin to mull over them, you begin like a cow just to chew it and, and, and chew it and chew that cud and chew that cud and chew that cud, trying to get everything you can out of it so that you can get the Holy Ghost to, to, to put this in our heart, that we do not think anything about any difference between Forgiveness of sin and healing. Because I'm telling you, that's the mind of Christ. When the, when the scripture says, the Holy Spirit dwells on the inside of you and you have the mind of Christ, that's the mind we should have. That when we offer the redemptive package to a person, they understand that all comes in the package and they just walk in healing. Okay? So, Romans 5, 1 and 2 are key to understanding all of this, because we've got to understand our position. I've been preaching this and preaching this. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we also have access by faith unto this grace in which we stand, rejoicing in the hope and the glory of God. It all comes because of us standing in grace. Now, you, you, you know, like y'all line up after church and start asking me questions about this, I'm just going to look at you and say, I don't know. I'm preaching the gospel right now. I am the preacher, and I'm preaching, okay? I'm going to show you what the Word of God says. No false interpretations, no anything I'm messing around with. I'm just simply handing, showing you the Word of God, and what are you going to do with it, all right? So, seven ways. I see healing as our redemptive package here. Seven ways here. First one is going to be in John 14, 12. John 14, 12. He says, most assuredly I say unto you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask, and that word there, if you go look it up in the Greek, it means, it does not mean ask like, can I have this please? It means to demand. It means to demand it. Whatever you could translate, it says, and whatever you demand in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, that I will do it. So I want to show you something here out of John 14. There's really, it's a two-part thing. Number one is, 
To walk in the things that Jesus bought and paid for us brings God glory. And I don't know about you, but I want, I want my Heavenly Father and I want Jesus to be glorified in whatever I do on this earth for Him. I, I, I owe Him my life. I owe Him everything. He saved me from my mess and my garbage of life. And I want God Almighty to get glory from my life. Hello? But he says here that because, you go back to Romans 5.1, because of this grace we stand in, we have the right to demand in Jesus' name for things to happen. Now, that's a difference in a lot of prayer life. A lot of prayer life is, Father, can you please do this for me? Jesus, can you do this for me? Please get this done for me. But he's saying right here in this scripture, he's saying you have a right to demand. Now, I believe you're wrong. I don't believe that God will ever bless a prayer. If you, you know, God, I'm like the, 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 the uh, uh, apostles are praying for the fire to come down on the Samaritan village and burn them all up. I mean, you ain't going to get that done. It is not going to happen. You're out of the spirit of God. You're out of the will of God. It's not going to happen. All right? You can't look at another man's wife and say, Lord, let them get a divorce or I'll marry her. You can't do that. That's just, you're, you're, you're wacko. But when your body is sick, or things aren't going right in your life, or, 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 or something's plaguing you, or something's coming about in your life, because of the grace we stand in, because of the blood of Jesus, because of what he did for us on the cross, you have the right to stand up and demand something to move. Now, I've got a message I've been working on, and I haven't, I'm not ready to preach it. Um, but the, the little jest is, is when you understand that authority, when you understand what, that you have the right to demand it and your faith is there to demand it, you're going to see mountains move. But until you get to that place, you've got to take this scripture and you've got to start chewing on it and say, Lord, I want to bring glory to your life. Now, you know, I, I don't know. And y'all can just love me. Just love me if I'm wrong. But I just don't believe it is really glorifying to smile while you're going through tribulation just to show people that you can endure it. I think that's better than griping and complaining and cussing all the way down it. Right? I mean, I believe that's better to do that. But I believe the real victory comes when we see the power of God moving. And I believe the only reason why we don't see the power of God moving in a great way is because somewhere down the devil has rooted out the last 2,000 years in the body of Christ, in the believers, the faith, to walk in what Jesus paid for. And until we reach down on the inside of us and start understanding this, that just like I can pray and say, Father, forgive me of my sins, I can go to the Father and say, Father, I'm demanding right now in the name of Jesus, this has got to change. And when the same faith is on the inside of you then, you're going to see mountains move. Okay, then number two. Like I'm saying, you write these down, you go home, you chew on them. Number two, Mark 16. Verse 17. Okay, so how many of you in here believe the Bible's true? Do you all want to cut any part of it out? Or do you, do you want to say, well, I don't know if that was in the oldest transcripts? Or is there anybody here that just want to argue with, no matter what the translation is, that our Bibles are, are right? Does anybody want to? Because you're not going to like this one at all. Okay, then let me ask you, I need a show of hands here. How many of y'all in here tonight, you're a believer in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Raise your hand. Okay. All right, Mark 16, 17. 
And these signs will follow those who believe. So all of you, raise your hand. You said you're a believer in Jesus. It means you follow into this category right here. You're those, will follow those who believe. You're a believer, right? In my name, here we go. They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink of any deadly, anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. What I'm saying to you tonight, church, is I'm really stirred in my spirit because I, I don't want to leave planet Earth and not have brought as much glory to God as I possibly could have. And all I'm saying is it says right here that believers lay hands on the sick and they recover. So believers should be laying hands on the sick and they should be recovering. It should be common practice. Sunday when we have uh, 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 communion, it should be common practice for the believers that are up here, doesn't have to be the pastor, the believers that are up here, lay hands on the sick and the sick instantly get healed. That's what should be the normal practice. But it all goes back to Romans 5.1. You're not going to walk in it until you understand grace and your authority and what Jesus called you to do. You're not going to walk in it until you believe you're standing in that grace, that when you pray for that person, you're not hoping they get well. You're not expecting, you know, like, oh, oh, uh, I sure hope something happens. No, it's by faith that you know. But I'm telling you, every one of you, if you're a believer, you're qualified to lay hands on the sick and they'll get well. You do not have to have a special anointing. You do not have to have a special healing anointing. You, don't, you can go through it and you can study, well, I, I've studied the gifts and that's not my gifting. God didn't really call me for that. He called me over here to the gift of hospitality. Or he called me to the gift of this. Or he called me to the gift of that. No, no, no. If you're a believer, believers are supposed to lay hands on the sick and they get well. There's no way around it. We either don't believe our Bibles or we say, oh, well, that was on the, you know. Folks, listen to me. I have had people look at me, other ministers look at me from other denominations and look at me and say, Robert, you're off on the wrong trail. That was only in the time of Jesus, only in the early church, to announce the, uh, what, that Jesus was real, to show forth he's really real. We all know he's real now, and that doesn't operate. It doesn't happen. And I'm like, well, where is that in the Scriptures? Where is that that all of a sudden, okay, we just go to this point, we just get to this point, and then we don't have to do any more? And that's why I'm a Holy Ghost preacher, because I don't want to leave that. Hello? Look at the person beside you and say, me too. Number three. James, book of James, chapter 5, verse 14. Now, one thing I do know, that I do know after 25 years of pastoring, that every person is in a different place of faith. We're not all in the same place, okay? And because of that, because we're in different places, I believe God made different methods to help people. Because he knew everybody was not going to be in the same place. All right? So here's, a, here's another one. James 5.14. If anyone among you is sick, let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord, and the prayer of faith shall save the sick. You notice that Mark 16 didn't say anything about oil. And Mark, Mark 16 didn't say anything about elders. Okay? But now this one, it says... We'll go to church and get the elders to anoint you with the will in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save sick. So here's another method of God wanting his people delivered. Number four, John 16. Now here's one that 
more people may like. This may be more suitable to the palate. John 16, 23. And in that day you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now you've asked nothing in my name. Ask it you receive that your joy may be full. Now here's one that says go ask the Father. Really quiet in here. I don't know how to read y'all on this thing. Whether y'all are just like really taking notes and absorbing this or you're just like, uh, want me to be quiet or what? I don't know. Y'all have got me freaking out up here. All I'm doing is showing you what the Word of God says. I'm just, I'm just cut it all up, put it out here like this, because this is what I'm doing. I'm going over these scriptures. I'm going over these scriptures. I'm going over these scriptures. I'm looking at it. I'm tissuing. I'm turning it. I'm turning it around. I'm pulling it this way. I'm pulling it that way. I'm saying, well, what about this? And why did you do this? And why did you do that? And why did you do this? And well, what about this over here? And what about Peter just walking by and his shadow passed on everybody and they were healed? And what about this over here? Paul's laying handkerchiefs on people. I mean, you know, I mean, whatever's going on here, you know, what's happening to the Lord? I'm just chewing. I'm just pulling. I'm just digging. I'm just scratching. I'm just not satisfied. All right? I'm tired of all the demonic distractions. I'm tired of all the demonic things going on and, and holding people in bondage when I know that there's victory and freedom for us. And it's like the prison cells are open. Jesus is open the prison cell, and everybody's sitting around saying, well, but when I was here in prison, I, got, I wasn't treated right, and that guard said this to me, and that other inmate was mad at me, and they're standing in their prison cells whining and crying when all they have to do is walk out the doors and be free. But they don't want to walk out the doors and be free. And then if they go to step out the door, then there's some religious devil standing there saying, you know, you can't really get out that door. That's just a, it's just a trick. You really can't go out that door. That door's not there open. It's not really. If you walk out that door, then they're going to find you down the hallway, and it's going to be worse for you when you get down the hallway than it is here. You better just stay in your cell so they just go back in their cell. And that's the way I'm seeing humanity. I'm seeing humanity hurting. I'm so tired of people telling me. Listen, I guess as I'm getting older and I sit around people and everybody talks about how sick they are or their old man problems. I was with a friend of mine here the other day, and that that you know we we were we, when we were young we raised hell, and uh, and he was he's sitting there talking to me talking about his diabetes and his feet are numb and this and that and the other and, you know and he got this pain down here and went to the doctor and the doctor said well that's just a nerve pain that all old men get that you know and he says you know and he's, he's telling me all this and he's accepted it, he's accepted it, and I said well dude, he said well what about you and I said man I'm fighting it all I can. I said, I'm exercising more. I changed my diet. I ain't eating any sugar anymore. I ain't doing anything anymore. Man, I'm fighting as hard as I can because I'm not going to go there. I'm not taking the, the diabetes road. I'm not taking it down there. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to fight this thing tooth and toenail. You follow what I'm saying? I'm, I, I just say, I, maybe it's just my nature. I am not going to lay down and say, well, I guess just, I just have to accept this. I'm going to fight it. I'm going to fight it, scratching and crawling and spit flying to the very end. And if everybody can stand around and say, Robert, you need to just accept this is what's going on. I say, no, I'm not going to accept it. I am not going to go down that road. I am not going to take up with that. I am going to gripe and complain about it to the very end. I'm not going to put up with this. I got into this deal where my wife and I, we got to, you know, waking up every morning talking about, you know, why do I hurt? I, I, I got to tell you this. This is sad. The other day, I got to where, man, my hands, my arms, man, my arms hurt. My arms were hurting. And I could not figure out why my forearms were hurting. And I was like, man, you know. And I mean, that quick in my mind. It's like the devil said, you know, that's, I think that's the way corporal tunnel starts. And, you know, it starts to come in there. <laughs> that quick. That's what the thought came to me. That's what the thought came to me. Oh, yeah, you know, you get older, you're going to have to go have that corporal tunnel deal done because, you know, your hands are all hurting. 
And so I stopped and I prayed and said, Lord, I just ain't accepting that. I don't care. I am not that old. And I, this is bull. I don't know why my arms are hurting. I mean, this is, this is ridiculous. What did I do? What's happened? I said, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. I rebuke that thought in the name of Jesus. And then the Lord showed me that I had been working and I was screwing a bunch of screws with a screwdriver. And I had, I, I was, I had, you know, I, I did a bunch all by hand with a screwdriver. And I was doing it one with my right, one with my left, one with my right, one with my left. That's why my hands, my, that's why my arms are sore. I didn't have carpal tunnel. But I'm telling you, the devil was right there to step in that door and just start feeding me that line of bull. Hello? What I'm saying is, I just aren't going to put up with it. So I'm going to take these scriptures, I'm going to kick them, I'm going to mull over, I'm going to chew them. So here's one right here, John 16, 23. So maybe you don't want to be the aggressive person that wants to, you know, claim for signs and wonders, or you don't want to be the one that's demanding Jesus. You don't feel comfortable with demanding something from heaven. Well, it says right here, in that day you may ask me nothing, but most surely say, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he'll give you. Well, then how are you going to get around that? How? Right? We cannot any longer let the devil talk us out of what's ours. You know, and God bless my mother. Man, I love my little mother with all my heart. But, you know, growing up in church, I was always getting the elbow in church because I was making noise and I was getting the elbow. And I'm tired of the devil giving me the elbow and telling me to be quiet. Right? And getting hold of a revelation, trying to walk in a revelation. I got a revelation the other day. It doesn't have anything to do with healing. It had something to do with about, about angels. And I found a whole new wrinkle about it says that, that angels will chase and pursue your enemies. Not just any angel, but the angel of the Lord. And I started reading that scripture. I was like, well, wait a minute, Lord. How are they going to get going? And he says, you have to tell them. And so then I turned around some other scripture. I got a whole message on, on commanding angels. You know, you know who's going to say, oh, Robert, he's gone out of his head. Now he's commanding angels. But that's what the word of God says. And if it's in the word, I don't want to get to heaven I don't want to get to heaven and see a whole legion of angels that were standing there that could have been at my command. I said, why didn't you ever use this? And I said, really? I could have used you guys? I said, oh, if you'd have just told us, man, we'd have sicked them. So now I'm standing up every morning saying, angels, I don't know how this works. But I'm telling you as your leader, get my enemies. Chase them and pursue them. Why not? That's what the word says. I think I've kind of rational, I guess I, the words would be rationalized it, but kind of like said, because at first, see, I could, I'm real easy to get over and burn the city down. So I decided, okay, I'm not going to tell you what to do. Just chase them. Whatever you do with them, you do it. Just chase them. Chase them and pursue them. And whatever the Father says to do to them, do it to them. But I ain't putting up the devils. See, I'm not talking about humans. I'm talking about the spirits behind demonic things. Yeah, the destroyer, the thief, the liar. Those are spirits. And so just turn them loose. Michael was warned with the angels, you know, when he came down to talk to Daniel. I said, okay, go get them. Whatever you want to do with them, I don't know. Throw them in the pit, do whatever you do with those things, but just do, go, go chase them. At least chase them. Okay. So it says you can ask the Father, okay? So five, number five, Matthew 18, 19. We know it. We say about it. We, we talk about this all the time. 
But Matthew 18, 19 says, And again I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. I guess let's cut that thing out of there with an exacto knife, you know, or underline it and believe it. Now, there's some things to it. Yeah, you got to be in agreement. The word agreement means harmony. So you got to find somebody that's in faith with you that's believing what you're asking. You don't want to go pray with somebody in agreement that doesn't really believe God's going to move for you, right? You don't want to pray, and then they rub your shoulder and say, well, you know, brother, you know, if it doesn't happen, you know, I just want you to know I'm, I'm still there for you. That's not the person you want to be in agreement with, right? You know, I'll say this. My sister, I love her with all of my heart, too. But my sister's been in the medical field most of her life. She's a, she could probably be a, a, well, let's just put it this way. She's just not a normal nurse. She's got, she's got a string of letters behind her like that. I always give her a hard time. And I say, no matter how much you work, no matter how, you know, because she's been in charge of nursing homes, VPs of nursing homes. She deals with the state all the time. And nursing homes, she knows everything about all this kind of stuff like this. She's way up in corporate stuff. And I said, you just keep working but you'll always be Nurse Richards, and I am Dr. Richards. <laughs> and she will throw a fit and say, it's not even the same thing. I said, it doesn't make any difference. It says DR in front of my name. <laughs> and no one's questioning what it's about. She says, it's not the same. I said, it doesn't matter. I'm Dr. Richards. You're just Nurse Richards, okay? But if I won't, I am not going to ask her to get in prayer agreement with me over medical issues. Because her mind is set down one path and one road. If I want a diagnosis that the and 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 if she's going to agree with what the doctor said, she's a person to talk to. But if I'm wanting some out there faith signs and wonders and miracles and believing for this and that and the other, I'm not going to ask her to pray. I won't get my wife to pray with me. Get my son to pray with me. Get somebody that I know that they're believing like I am in agreement. Y'all with me? And so a lot of times you go to praying with people that aren't really in agreement, but then you're just nullifying what you do, okay? But it says right there, if two of you agree on earth is touching anything, it'll be done by my Father in heaven. But you got to get stirred up. you got to get your faith going. you got to get out there and get, 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 get the ball going, amen? Number six, which is the place we should all be living, is 1 Peter 2.24. 1 Peter 2.24. 1 Peter 2.24 says, Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes we are healed. Get the revelation of what you have as a believer. Okay? And then walk in it. As believers, we should just be walking in the revelation that it's as easy to get forgiven of our sins as it is to be healed. You know, I have a very open relationship with the Lord. He knows I'm an uncultured, crude redneck. He knows he's not going to get a lot of etiquette out of me, okay? And so I talk to the Lord all the time. I just have, you know, and if I've done something wrong, I talk to the Lord like this. You know, Jesus, I know what I'm thinking is wrong. I know that what the actions I thought about and how I was going to do that and what I was going to do and all that, I know it's wrong, Lord, and, and for that, forgive me. You, you know me. You know my heart. Down inside of my heart, you know that I want to live for you. And I'm sorry for that fleshly reaction. That's how I repent. Okay? But we've got to get to the place, then we go right on and carry it on and say, I declare right now, and thank you, Lord, that I'm healed. 
Because you forget, this is easy to just forgive me of my sin. It's that easy to, to get me healed. The problem I have in praying is because sometimes I don't know what's wrong. And I want to be more specific, and I'm praying generalities. Why does my back hurt? Like the other day, I was moving some equipment, and I had one of those little red cracker box welders. And, and I put it on a little rolling cart and rolled over to the back of the Jeep there, and I was going to put it in the back of the Jeep, and I tipped it, and it didn't seem that heavy, and then I got hold of it, and I got down, and I said, I, you know, I put it in the barn like 15 years ago, and I got, grabbed it. I said, no, you know, be smart. Use your knees. Use your, I mean, use your legs. You know, get down here. And I grabbed that thing. And I, man, I picked that thing up. I said, boy, that thing's heavier than I thought it was. And I thought, come on, don't give up. You got it. You got it up off the ground. And I fought it up there. You know what? I got it up like this. And I was like, oh, my God, I need about two more inches, you know, in the fine. I got that thing in the back of the truck. And I said, there, I showed you. Man, next morning, you know, I had this strange pain over here on my left side. And so we were talking. I said, man, I don't know what, you know, I feel this strange something. And, you know, it took me like two days to realize, well, I mean, what am I praying for? Lord, my back, you know, my back shouldn't be hurting. And I know Jesus is saying, you idiot. Why didn't you wait for Joseph to come and put that thing in the truck, you know? But you went down and you did that, you know? So there's a few things like that that I got some, some technical issues on that I'm trying to, uh, you know, get straight with the Lord. And so here's the last one, which we're going to experience Sunday. Okay, go to 1 Corinthians 11, verse 23, and I'm through. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-three. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, the cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. You proclaim the Lord's death. Think about what he's saying here. Paul's saying, taking communion, you're proclaiming, announcing the good news of Jesus dying. Now, that doesn't make sense, right, to the natural person. It would be Jesus proclaiming his victory, not proclaiming his death, but his death on the cross was his victory. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you. He's saying that because you didn't take communion properly, not that that made you sick, but that you're sick because you're not taking communion properly. He's not saying the communion made you sick. He's saying you're sick because you, you're not discerning the Lord's body, what he did for you on the cross. You're not taking your rights and benefits as a Christian and coming and taking communion. Boom, you're healed. He says there's many sick and weak among you, and it says, and many have fallen asleep. He says, some people have died, and they shouldn't have died. You've got to discern what Jesus did for us on this Resurrection Sunday. His death on the cross was not a defeat. It was his great victory. His resurrection coming up was the announcement of, that it was a victory, but the death on the cross 
was his actual victory, the price being paid for us. That's what we're celebrating in our communion service of what Jesus did for us. And he said, in that partaking of communion with the right heart, because you've examined yourself, healing comes to you. Seven things. There's more. I just choose these seven. But these seven things, you need to take it. You need to chew on it. You need, to, you need to mull it. You need to put these seven things down. You need to look at them before you go to bed. You need to keep going over them. You need to keep going over it. You need to keep going over it. You need to keep going over it until it's so settled in your heart that the issue can never be taken from you. The devil cannot steal it from you. And when you're there, man, I want to tell you something. Man, then we're going to be tearing down the kingdom of darkness. But just always remember this. If you can be talked out of it, you're not in faith. And I don't, I, listen, I'm telling you, I don't have it all down. That's why I'm mulling over it all the time, chewing on it all the time, but I can't get away from what my Bible says. You know, I can't, I can't take those scriptures and say, well, let's just don't look at them. Let's just go with the ones that we, we can do and compromise. Amen? Amen. So I want to ask you also to just be continue from this night till we get through Sunday service. Just keep praying for people. Keep praying this place fills up. Keep praying the anointing of God's here. Keep praying people come in here that there, there's people that, that, that God will touch and minister to and bless. Amen? And uh, we'll see it filled up. We'll see God do it. Amen. Well, praise God. Help me, Bill. Let's take up our offering tonight. I'm so excited about this, this, this grant that we got, 350000 to build 50 widows' homes. Man, this is going to be unbelievable. It is going to be unbelievable. But then on the same token, we're kind of freaking out because now we realize, you know, it's a big undertaking. And uh, what I was going to do was the trip that we were, we were going in August because when I was down there, I kept having my feeling, I uh, had this feeling in my heart that Living Waters Church, we need to build a, a widow's home. And uh, so I had in my heart, I said, we need to do that. We need to, take up some offerings and just, you know, go do it so we can say, we, you know, we, we helped and we did a widow's home. But <laughs> the reason why I hadn't got real behind it, well, of course, we had the church going. I want to get through with that. But because the first time I, we helped on the very first original widow's home way back. I don't think we didn't do all the money on it, but we helped. But I was there and to do it. And we had to put sacks of concrete on our backs and go up the side of the hill. And it was, it was, it was not fun. I mean, it was hard. And we packed all the blocks up there. And I mean, it was tortuous. And I told Ivan, I said, my Lord, isn't there any widows lower? Why do we find widows up in the hills? Can we find some close to the road or something? I mean, this is horrible. And so after that, I kind of got like, I don't know if I want to do with those homes. I mean, this is too hard to do. And so I kind of just kind of dropped it. And then we got into other things. We got into the church building. We got into all those other things like that. But I felt when I was down there that we should do a widow's home. So we're getting it set up that when, when the, the group that goes in August, because I'm, I'm, I'm cheating, I'm calling in favors from other churches for them to take the workers down there, and I'll pay for it. 
and then they get the workers down there, and then when we get there, we'll dedicate it to her and get all the furniture straight and all that kind of stuff and put the little flowers up. Yeah, smile for the pictures and say, look what we did. I just told him, I said, I'm calling in my favors, man. I'm calling in the favors from all these churches, got all these young guys running around here. Just let them all go out there and do it, you know. And so we'll be there for the final touches. But then now we've got these other 50, and so we're, we've, we've got to get wells drilled. We've got to get all these things going. We've got to get all this stuff up. And so now it's a huge, 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 huge thing. So, And I'll be honest with you, I'm kind of tempted to ask Ivan if he'd just hire me. I'd love to just go down there and live in Guatemala and build 50 houses, but I don't think the Lord will let me leave here, so. But maybe. It's my happy dream. It's my happy thought. Wake up every morning in the ministry house and go out in there and walk down there. Eat Juan's cooking. <laughs> All the tortillas that I could ever eat in life. Woo! It's a great dream, man. Praise God. Anyway, let's put our hand on our offering before I get myself in more trouble. Father, I just declare tonight we're the wealthiest people on the face of the earth. We are so blessed, Lord. I just thank you that, that your hand is upon us, that part of our, our covenant with you is prosperity. And so, Lord, I thank you that everything we put our hands to prospers, that, Lord, you show us ways and means to, to earn money for the gospel's sake easier. Lord, I think it comes in from the north, the south, the east, and the west, and it prospers us. And so, Lord, we praise you for it. We thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hello, this is Robert Richards, and you're listening to The Waterhole, our weekly broadcast, which is now available on iTunes and all major podcast platforms. You can also watch the weekly video broadcast on our YouTube channel. Link's in the description. I pray this has been a blessing to you, and if you've enjoyed this message, please share this with a friend. God bless you, and remember, no matter where you are and what you've done, Jesus loves you.